guys. Welcome to Slash Report. I'm Prue, and I am joined this week by my partner in crime, who I have not talked to in ages on this podcast. Hello, MK. I've missed your voice. It's been so long. It's been so long. Like, you know, we could cow talk each other, but it's not the same. I know. I know. It's not, it's, it's not the same at all. And also, I feel like this was kind of like the most unplanned for and lengthy hiatus. <laughs> we both had a lot of shit happening all at once. Yes, among other things. But yeah. there was just like a lot of real life happening. And we were like, yeah, we'll definitely record next week. Next week. The week after that. Later. We'll, we'll get back. And then we're just like, we're on hiatus. It just, it happened. So I haven't told you this yet. So I've decided to tell you this on the podcast right now. Okay. I was doing a sociological experiment on you. I wanted to see how long we could go without, like, to see before you emailed me about restarting the podcast or doing any planning. And I still wasn't ready. You were just like, if, like, guys, if I left it to MK, we would be recording this episode in June. Not June. It would probably be like... March? No. Maybe May? It would be like mid-February. It would be like right after that weekend. All right. That's a lie. But okay. No. So essentially what happened was like, I was like, I can't wait anymore. This is freaking me out. So I just sent the email on my own. I have a lot of family and job shit happening right now. Cause no, cause I don't have anything happening ever. Anyways, yeah, I mean, you're used to this level of craziness. I am like used to having all the time in the world to be an asshole. <laughs> Why is that something you're proud? <laughs> it means I have a really good life. Except that, like now, I have to level up, and I'm not used to leveling up. Oh, I, I mean, like it, it'll be temporary, right? It should quiet down. <laughs> no, right? No, right? no. All right. No. All right. All right, MK, what are we here? Like, so, well, everybody, welcome to season, oh my god, five. are we at season four or five? 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 I know, I was going to make the episode file, and I was like, 420, and I was like, nope, no, this is, this is 501. Oh my god. Okay, well, welcome everybody, and us, welcome to season five, guys. Congratulations, we've done we something with the last we five did. years of our lives. I'm so proud. We're, we'd be at syndication level if we were a television show. We should never, ever, yeah. No. 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 But um, welcome to season five. And MK, how did we decide to kick off our first episode of season five? We're going to talk about the best of the worst of TV shows that we both watch, which is... That's actually a really good way to describe it. Right? There's like a lot of bad shows we watch, but I would say this is the best of the worst. Arrow. Arrow. Arrow from the CW and DC Comics. So, MK, walk us through what Arrow is in case, you know, like if someone who is listening to this podcast or just stumbled upon it as a babe in the wild has never heard of or known of this, like, shirtless (laughs) behemoth of a show, talk us through what Arrow is. Okay, so I think... DC looked at, like, Marvel's amazing movie success. They were like, Marvel is doing some really good box office shit right now. What can we do to compete with that? I know. We'll make, like, weird CW TV show versions of our comics. And I'm into it. Like, I'm definitely into it. I have to say, okay, so I'm that person who 
I, like, I really, we've talked about this before, but, like, I really liked Superman as a child in the sense that I loved the Superman cartoons, mm-hmm. and I loved the Batman cartoons that used to come on after school, and there was a dark period in my early teens where I read a lot of Superman novels, like, I don't want to talk about it, nobody wants to talk about that. Wow. Um, like, me crying in the library reading The Death and Life of Superman, no one needs that in their really? life. But overall, I find DC fairly uninteresting. But you're right. This is this weirdly works for them. You know what? Okay, so here's the thing. I've read a lot of DC comics. I've read almost no Marvel comics, even though I love the Marvel movies a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, DC comics, uh, I used to follow this girl on LiveJournal back in the LiveJournal days for, like, Hanakimi stuff. And she also was really into DC. And she would be like, here, like, if you want to read some comics right now, here's some DC to read. And I hadn't read any DC since, like, since I was a little kid and I would borrow my brother's Batman comics because I loved Batman. Um, And there was, like, a period of comics in the 90s that I hated. It was just, everything was too dark and Frank Miller, I hate Frank Miller. (laughs) I I don't care. People are like, Frank Miller's the greatest. I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. I think he's a terrible writer and I don't like any of his comics. Um, But shortly after that, in, like, the early 2000s, this series of, like, overlapping stories came out of DC that I thought were wonderful. And hilariously, uh, the series that I was least interested in was Green Arrow, which is, like, the superhero that Arrow is based on. (laughs) But that's because he looks absurd. Like... (laughs) He looks like a really shitty Robin Hood in the comics. Like, that facial hair is not working for him. He has a dumb hat on all the time. He's wearing tights. Like, it's bad. He has a boxing glove arrow. Which, like, I know that people who are... Who like Hawkeye really cannot, like, cast any, like, dumb arrow (laughs) stones. But, man, boxing glove arrow is kind of, like pinnacle of stupidity. I feel like BuzzFeed did a post that was just like a rundown of all of the stupidest arrows that Green Arrow has ever used in the comics, and it was like, it's a good laugh if that's what you're looking for. So (laughs) yes, to give you some background, the story of Green Arrow is essentially a watered-down Batman. Uh, Oliver Queen is like a millionaire, playboy, whatever, but uh, his parents are alive, and he's a bit of a shit show. And in the TV series, uh, he's dating one girl and decides to take her sister on his yacht with him with his dad to, like, sleep with her as, I don't know, the way of not moving in with this girl. Like, he's like, ooh, moving in with you seems like a lot. So instead of just saying, I don't want to move in with you, or maybe we should break up, I'm going to sleep with your sister. I mean... That's one way to do it. I know. It's, like, one way to problem solve. Yeah, but that gives you, like, some insight into, like, what a little shit Oliver Queen is. And he's a dumbass. Um, and instead, the yacht is, like, taken out in the middle of a giant storm. Uh, the girl dies, supposedly. Uh, and a bunch of dudes are left on, like, a life raft. It's, like, Oliver, his dad, and his dad's business partner are on this life raft somewhere off China. Just, like, in the middle of the ocean. And after several days of, like, we're running out of, we have, like, no water to drink, there's no food, there's no land, his dad is like, I can't do this. Oliver, I have to tell you something. Pulls out a gun, shoots his business partner, and, like, throws him overboard, and Oliver's like, what the fuck, dad? 
So if, do you know if this is just comics, if, if this is just the DC television show canon, or is this comics canon as well? The only Green Arrow comics I've read are where it crosses over with Birds of Prey, so I have no idea if this is in the comics. Alright. I can only assume that there's, like, some overlap, but again, DC, like, resets their canon every five years, so. Sweet. Yeah. So Oliver's dad is like, Oliver, I've done some terrible things, and I need you to, like, correct all of the wrongs I made in my life, which is why you need to survive. And Oliver's, like, still reeling from the fact that his dad just murdered a dude in front of him, and that they've been shipwrecked in this, like, life fucking raft for a while. And his dad, like, shoots himself in the head and dies, and Oliver is left in the raft with the body of his dead father. Yep. Dehydrated, like, probably hallucinating and shit. Eventually makes it to land, but he has no idea, like, it's an island. He doesn't know where that island is or if there's anyone around. Um, tries to bury his father, finds a weird blank notebook on his father's body. And through, like, a bunch of shit that doesn't need to be explained because the island is so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone hates the island. It turns out that that notebook is full of names of people in Starling City, where they're from. And Oliver is eventually rescued from the island and makes it back to Starling City, like, super beefed up, covered in injuries, because so much fucked up shit happened to him in the five years that he's been, like, presumed dead. Um, And he realizes that all of the names in the notebook are people who are committing terrible criminal acts, and that he has to kill them and you know set things to right on behalf of his father so he absolutely you know becomes green arrow or just the arrow or the hood as they call him in this tv show i think he starts off as the hood yeah because he He like a a fucking fashion champion has like a hood a hood and like some beautiful eye paint oh my god so beautiful so eye paint so there are two elements (laughs) of this that like um and then, obviously, there are other characters, but I have to jump in to make two snotty comments. Yep. Number one being that I really would like to know what brand of grease paint that he uses, because I have, like, $45 mascara, and every time it's hot or I sweat, it gets in my eyes and it hurts, and I need to know what his grease paint is, because clearly that shit never, ever hurts his eyes, because it's, like, right up there in his fucking eyeballs, and I want that action. <laughs> And number two, I want to know how many bobby pins he has in his short, shorn hair, because hoods do not stay up like that, especially when you're running around, like, unless he's double-sided taping it to his skull. Right. Like, everything about his outfit is just tremendous. He looks like a sexy Renaissance fair dude. He really Um, does. It's amazing. He's got, like, these weird tight leather pants on, and then, like, his, like, arrow hood. yeah and you're like all right grease paint i'm into it like i don't know why but i'm into it um so oliver queen comes back from the dead his the only family has left are his mother moira queen who like runs their giant corporation queen consolidated and his drug addict fuck up little sister who is like i think my friend paul and i agree the greatest part of the entire show in the first season And probably the second season. Um, Mm. At first I disagreed with him, but then he was like, listen, you can tell that girl, like, P.S., that's not your your real father, this is your real father, he's an assassin and he wants to train you. And she'll just be like, fuck you, you're not my real dad. Like, there's no, there's, she has no concept of reality. I know, and that's why I hate her. (laughs) I hate her, but I also, like, you have to, there's a certain amount of admiration for, like, that commitment to fuck you 
I think the problem is I know people like that in real life, and therefore, like, I can't really look at Thea, uh, which is her, his sister's name, without feeling cringy, especially since I liked her in the beginning. It's just there are elements of her that, like, drive me crazy now. Okay. Because I, it's just... I mean, it totally makes sense that she's doing them. It, like, actually does make character sense, especially because of that, like, total lack of reality thing that she has going on. So, like, I like her, and she's consistent as a character, but just, like, as a human, I'm like, no, get away from me. Oh, I wouldn't want to know her in reality. Oh, my God, right? Yeah. Like, that would be the worst. And I don't know anyone like her, which makes, I think that's what allows me to enjoy her a little. I will say my favorite thing that she ever did which is also, like, the worst, not the worst thing she's ever done, but it's pretty up there, is she got super high, she drove her car while super high, and got in a crazy accident, and was, like, in court, and they were defending her, and the lawyer managed to get her, instead of going to jail, which, like, they were like, we're gonna put you in jail for, like, ten years, because you're the fucking worst, they managed to get her community service, working at, like, a pro bono law firm, where... Um, the girl that Oliver used to date works. Yeah. And they were like, Thea, you have to go work at this law firm. It's that or jail. And she was like, fuck you. I'm not going to work at that law firm. And they're like, do you want to go to jail? And she's like, just fuck you. Like, there's no, like, that was huge what they did for her. And she just did not care. Yeah. That was some impressive lack of reality. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we got off track. Right. Uh, so Oliver goes back. His family is like, Oliver, tell us what happened to you while you were, like, shipwrecked or whatever. We thought you were dead. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And they're like, okay, then the next thing you should do is definitely take a job at our major company as, like, you know, a a high-up manager position. And Oliver's like, uh, I got kicked out of, like, six universities for doing drugs and failing to do any studying and I have zero life skills other than surviving (laughs) on an island. I think that's a terrible idea. And they're like, you should definitely do this. Yes, in medium all. In medium all. So he stages um, an old school Oliver Queen style fuck you in front of all of the press to basically say he won't be taking the position. And instead, he'll be opening a nightclub in like the worst part of town. But then, okay, I, guys, to give you guys some context, I have not seen like all the episodes because I love myself a little bit. And, um, so I, like, am missing some crucial pieces of plot then. But doesn't he end up working at Queen Consolidated? Yes. Yes, he does. Because at the end of season one or beginning... Okay, so what you need to know is the notebook of names that Oliver has, it turns out that, like, all of them are also connected to his mom, who, by the way, is, like, one of the greatest actors on the entire show. Um, you might... If you watched Kings, she was the queen on Kings, Like, that lady is amazing. And she plays it really well when you find out that she is part of a huge conspiracy of millionaires in Starling City who all have had, like, friends or relatives or someone important to them die in the Glades, which is that, like, poor part of town. It's just like, you know, it's the ghetto. Um, And so what they decide to do is build a giant earthquake machine and kill everyone in the glades. <laughs> which is which is really like obviously when faced with a problem that could be solved with money, education, and resources, the right answer in all cases is to build an earthquake machine. Absolutely. To kill That's the only solution, clearly. This is like all spoilers for the first two seasons, guys, by the way. 
Yeah. But I don't think it really matters. You can watch this show and enjoy it even knowing exactly what's going to happen. I think it's better. At any rate, Moira Queen, seeing that a bunch of shit has been going down, that, like, half the people in the organization have been, like, murdered by the hood, um, calls a press conference in their house, like, an hour before the earthquake machine is scheduled to go off, and is like, I've been part of an undertaking to destroy the glades, you need to evacuate it immediately, thus getting herself arrested. Um, and because she's arrested and in, like, white-collar prison, she obviously can't run the company, and Oliver is like, well, it falls to me to take over as CEO of Queen Consolidated. Ignoring, by the way, the fact that his mom's new husband, Walter, is super capable and, like, CFO of the company. But aren't they, like, sort of divorced at that point? They are, but he's still CFO, or he still owns, like, half the stock or something. Later, I know, but I feel I feel like he doesn't work here anymore. I guess, but like, if you had to pick between Oliver as CEO and Walter, would you not be like Walter? I know that you and my mom had a falling out, but like, oh no, 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 I agree, a hundred percent. But it's like it's less of an issue of like, oh well, not I, I. I just couldn't remember the timelines, like whether or not Walter could have been like a natural fit in the role. Well, in, yeah. In all cases, Walter is more competent than all. <laughs> Walter's more competent than anybody else on that show. Disagree, Felicity. Oh, you're right. Felicity is the most competent. Then Walter. No, wait. Yeah. Yes. Felicity, Walter, Diggle. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, obviously, Oliver has to have sidekicks. And the first person that he picks as a sidekick is the bodyguard that his mom assigns to him, who is, um, John Diggle. Former special operations in the military, and then came back and has been working private security. And he's, like, a... a just, he's really sensible compared to everyone else, and he also is like, I don't have time for your bullshit. I, like, I don't even understand how he wound up in the vigilante business. Like, (laughs) I feel like he should be like, whoa, 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 this is crazy. It, I mean, he frequently is. He is frequently like, this is crazy. But John Diggle is also, like, his level of sensibility also means that he's the only one who has, like, a normal relationship a normal family, a yeah. normal life. Like, he somehow manages to pull that off, despite, you know, He's, like, the Oliver. superhero <laughs> who actually can, you know, live his life and still succeed. Yeah, essentially. Um, the other thing is, the there's a girl in the IT department, Felicity Smoke, who originally was only supposed to be in, like, two episodes of Arrow. Except that she was so great on screen. She was so great at making the guy who plays Oliver like, laugh and, like, actually have some personality on screen. (laughs) Listen, he's a great guy, and he's from Toronto, and he's, like, related to some people, and it's great. He's not the strongest actor. That's not why he plays Arrow. (laughs) No, but he tries really hard, and have you looked at his chest? He's beautiful. He's a really nice person. He looks like he'd be super fun to hang out with. He does the salmon ladder. Yeah, the salmon ladder is, in that Flash crossover episode, somebody asks, so the salmon ladder is like a series of vertical rungs that he, like, jumps up and down using a bar, like, just, like, the most intense chin-ups you've ever seen in your life. It's super hot, and somebody is like, what's that for? And Felicity's just, like, distracting me from work. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, fair. Well, the other thing, I... 
I think this is like a good lead in because I think those are the fundamentals you sort of need to know about the series, except for the fact that we haven't talked a lot about Laurel Lance, but I think that she deserves her own section. Um, It leads into kind of like, let me give you a little background on how I ended up watching this show. I have no idea why MK started watching this, but I started watching it because when I was in Toronto to visit her, um, MK showed me two shows. She showed me Miss Fisher which turned out to be delightful. Um, And she showed me selected pieces of Arrow, by which I mean she put on Arrow, like certain episodes of Arrow, and then we fast-forwarded through about 40% of them, which, as you will learn throughout the course of this podcast, is how we choose to watch all of Arrow. Like, a significant percentage of that show is done in flashback, and we choose not to watch 90% of those. Yeah, this is the thing where, like, the people who make Arrow were like, this is gonna be great. 60% of the show will take place in Starling City in, like, nightclubs and offices and, like, at night with, like, beautiful lighting. And then 40% will just be flashbacks to the island and shit where Oliver has terrible hair and only really boring stuff happens that you probably don't need to know that much about. And... I mean, I think the difficulty is is that, like, they're trying to... They're trying to, so they're doing two different superhero origin stories, right? Because the story of present day Oliver Queen back in Starling City trying to save his people and become like the hero that he believes that Starling City deserves is a very standard um, superhero origin story, right? Like someone rising to the challenge of their particular whatever. Yeah. Um, the backstory, the one that they're doing in flashbacks, is the story of how Oliver Queen was turned from a whiny sack of blonde wig because his hair is so bad, guys. It's like, so bad. It's startlingly, almost farcically bad. It looks like um, yarn. It does. Like a dirty it, yarn. It, it, looks, it looks like something that a high school production, stage production would have. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's so wretched. It's Anyways. so bad. So it, it's a story of, like, whiny sack of hair spoiled playboy who didn't really know how to take care of people and it was never grateful for anybody or anything oliver queen gets quiet and sleek and mean and deadly you know like so they're concurrently trying to tell two origin stories on that yeah the thing is we don't particularly care about how oliver became the arrow i feel like I feel like it's not so much that I don't care entirely. I just don't want it in the level of excruciating detail that they tell it because I mean, and I completely understand that there are a lot of people who watch the show and do like the background that the flashbacks provide. I don't know. I think we spend way too much time on it. Yeah. You know what? Maybe if like the flashback stuff was like one eighth of what it is, then I'd be like, great. So this is the background I need to understand the larger villain theme throughout this season. Yeah, and I think the other the other problematic element, and this is why I was like, oh, well, the Salmon Ladder is a good way to segue into that, because the Salmon Ladder is a running joke in the show. And there's a through line that, like, a lot of hot people use the Salmon Ladder, and it's used to, like, visually distract all people from, like, narrative failures on the show. Yeah. I mean, they do it with Ollie, they do it with Sarah. Sarah is so great. Yeah, and she's mega hot doing the salmon ladder. She's uh, super hot on the salmon ladder. Eventually, Ray Palmer is really hot on the salmon Everyone is hot on the salmon ladder, Every essentially. Every single person. But um, I think that part of the reason that I'm, like, refuse to buy into or, like, 
really watch and enjoy the backstory is that for all that I really like parts of Arrow and for all that it really um, bucks certain conventions of these sorts of hero tales, it still relies very heavily on basically like fabricated like man pain from the death of like a lost love, right? And so much of first season, a significant portion of second season, right, um, is just them on this fucking island and him and some girl named Shadow. That or like stuff about Laurel. So Laurel is the girl that he was dating whose sister, Sarah, he took on the boat. And okay, one, I just don't like laurel as a character or the actress who plays her like i'm not into it and part of that is just that girl has had some crazy plastic surgery on her face that i find very disconcerting and part of it is just that like laurel's character is very reactive compared to a lot of the other characters on the show like does that make sense Uh, No, 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 I know exactly what you mean, but I feel like that's, like, a fail, I feel like significantly that's, like, a major failing of the writing. So, I actually, like, the actress who plays Laurel on the show is Katie Cassidy, who I first saw on Supernatural. She was playing the first iteration of Ruby, when Ruby was blonde, and mega hilarious. Like, blonde Ruby is one of my favorite things in the Supernatural canon. She was, like, mean and awful and so terrible. And she had Sam Winchester's nuts in a vice grip. And it was, like, so choice. And she was excellent. Which is why when someone was like, oh, Katie Cassidy is on Arrow, I was like, oh, that would be great because Katie Cassidy is great. But she's, like, or it's not her. You're right. It is the writing. Like, the way they write her is just excruciating, at least for the first two seasons. Third season, I like her a lot more. Well, yeah, because she actually has something to do, right? And you're actually spending more time with her character instead of kind of, like, every single thing that they did to her or, like, had her do in the first two seasons was just, like, astonishing because you didn't spend enough time with her to give any context to her behavior. And the stuff that she did do was, like, what the actual fuck? So, like, the entire first season she was, like, having, like... I think for the first half of the season, she actually made sense. She was very, very angry at Oliver. Totally understand. Couldn't really mourn him. Couldn't really mourn her sister because they both died while, like, horribly betraying her. Yeah. And I I can't even imagine how awful that is. But then um, she was also, like, in a relationship with Oliver's, like, best friend, blah, blah, blah. Like, all of that stuff sort of made sense. But it was after, like, they hooked up again, but not really. And then she just became really, like, unnecessarily shitty and stubborn. Like, yeah. so... Part of it is I think she and Oliver frequently, like, when they're romantic together, they bring out the worst in each other. Very much so. They should never, ever be together. Like, ever. They're like that Taylor Swift song. Like, this is exhausting. We are never getting back together. Ever. I really hope that the writers are like, they are never getting back together. Because I will say the writers did come out and say at the convention before, they were at, um, what's that big stupid convention? Comic-Con? Thank you. They were at Comic-Con before season three aired, and they were like, yes, the major romance of season three is Felicity and Oliver, which is all anyone wants. Everyone loves Felicity and Oliver, even though we're like, Felicity, you can do way better. I mean, when Felicity can do better, I don't, like, she seems to have a type, and it's all bad. Well, no, she could have gotten with Sarah, and that would have been amazing. Uh, I feel like she would have been murdered by that other girl, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, I mean, that, 
like, I really want, like, I feel like so much of the background was there for Laurel to be cool, but the way she was handled was so ridiculous, right? Like, she's a grown-ass woman. Like, grown-ups do not, I don't know, like, grown-ups don't act like that, and they don't function like that. And yes, her and Oliver bring out the absolute worst in each other, and maybe that's very realistic, but we don't, like, as viewers, I don't think that's something we want to watch. And then, like, second season, she became an alcoholic. Yeah, it doesn't make for good watching. Yeah. And I think they figured that out, and they decided to compensate for that by giving her something to do, but that unfortunately means that instead of having Sarah as the Black Canary, Laurel is the Black Canary, and I loved Sarah. Like, everybody loved Sarah. I think Sarah was great. So basically, the girl that Oliver had taken with him on the boat that we all thought was dead for a while, wasn't dead, ended up becoming a member of the League of Assassins and was like the first Black Canary, essentially. Yeah. Um, Moreover, she had like a hot uh, assassin girlfriend who was like super murderous still. Super murderous. And the daughter of Ra's al Ghul, who's like the head of the League of Assassins. Yeah. And I mean, I think that she was done because that when she was introduced, she had stuff to do. And she has, like, a tremendously awful, like, painful, like, man painy backstory as well. But it's not shoved down your throat, right? It's not like, oh, you should feel so sorry for Sarah and, like, love her because she's your female protagonist. It's like, here is Sarah. She is amazing. She has all this other stuff going on. And slowly we're going to tell you, like, what her deal is. That I think everyone really, really, like, everyone really loves Sarah. I would have watched a whole TV show about Sarah. Me too. And I don't under, and I guess that's the thing I'm really confused about, right? Like, it's the Chloe syndrome from Smallville all over again. Where, like, Lana Lang is like, oh, Lana, Lana, Lana is like, the show producers are obsessed with her. Like they think that they're doing such a great job writing this character and she's like the center of everything and blah, blah. And like, uh, like people don't really like her because she's not, there's nothing intrinsically engaging about her. And I don't know if that's like the writing or like, I don't want to blame Katie Cassidy because I really do like her, but like maybe it has something, I don't know, but it's very odd because it's so obvious if you look at her, that there are other characters on that show and you, you can't just say that it's about like the romantic stuff right because you also have felicity and you also have sarah positioned as romantic possibilities for oliver pretty much and every like lady... we love felicity and we love sarah but there's something about laurel yeah well pretty much every lady on that show other than thea and moira is a potential love interest for oliver just so boring so well that's the thing right everyone was like this is the most boring and when they finally just like settled down and let felicity shit happen even though they're not actually together that's a great story so it's clearly not the romance that's definitely not the problem the problem is the way they were writing laurel the fact that like sarah was great but for some reason got killed um i don't know there's like a bunch of stuff going on there i kind of hope now that she has to fill the role of black canary that she'll improve as it goes on but it's just hard to fill the shoes of sarah yeah especially since i think that people who come at this show without a comics background are not married to the idea of laurel lance being the black canary exactly i mean i've read a lot of birds of prey which is black canaries comics um and i i don't care that Sarah wasn't supposed to be Black Canary, I was like, yeah, I'll take this. I will happily take this. In the comics, Black Canary becomes Black Canary because her mom used to be Black Canary. Like, 
It's different. That's fine. Yeah. There have been, like, 18 people who've played Robin in the comics. <laughs> Nobody cares. They, it's because they're all getting too old for Batman. There's that, and they keep dying or becoming evil. Classic Batman. I think we've talked around Felicity, but we haven't actually explained Felicity. Uh, who, who can explain Felicity? Who can explain Felicity? So Felicity is this super cute girl in IT that Oliver stupidly thinks he can ask for arrow favors and she won't figure anything out because he just, like, is terrible at this. Um, yeah, I mean, to give that some context, the first the first arrow favor I think he ever asks her is that he brings a bullet-riddled laptop to her and asks her to try and pulse anything she can off of the hard drive. And his excuse is that he spilled coffee on it and then when she points out that it looks like there are bullet holes in the casing, he's like, my coffee shop is in a rough part of town. Like, are you even trying, Oliver? I, that's the thing, right? You're like, is he trying? Like, is he doing this on purpose that, so that she'll figure out and then he can have an IT person on his team? Or does he honestly think that that's going to fly because he's used to charming people because he's handsome? Like, I honestly I, can't tell. I don't know, and especially since that's so early days in Oliver's return to Starling City that he's still just, like, a giant ball of, like, twitchy, knee-jerk terror reaction. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. And you just see Diggle watching this happen, being like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Keep going. (laughs) Anyways, suffice it to say, Felicity is hella suspicious right from the start, is also hella cute, and at one point, Oliver in the arrow costume, basically drops out of the sky and lands on the hood of her car, like, brutally injured, and is like, I need you to help me. Um, thus revealing himself to be Oliver Queen and making her join the team. And she's like, I'll only help you a little bit, and only because it overlaps with this other shit that I'm investigating for Walter. Yes. Obviously, she winds up fully joining the team because, um, right from the beginning, even though she's not, like, like, she's not fooled by anything that Oliver does. Like, he can say shit, and she's like, she'll just call bullshit. She's like, no, that's incredibly dumb. Also, you need a plan. Also, you're an idiot. Because she's incredibly smart. Yes, and I think part of the reason we really liked Felicity from the get-go is that she is a geek girl, but very different from the typical conception of the geek girl, right? Because um, I think... She's us. I mean... She, well, I, she's, uh, well, she's who you kind of want to be in the series, right? She's like, she says all the stuff that the audience is thinking. She's like, that's dumb. Also, you're hot. Like, yeah. So basically, like, she spends a lot of time perving on Oliver, as all of us do. And Stefan Amel, who's the actor who plays Oliver Queens, very specific reactions to the way that she pervs on him is 100% the reason that I love the two of them as actors. You can actors, just see right? how charmed he is. Like, because he's just, how, absolutely, that is the term. He never shoots her down. He never rises to the innuendo. He always just lets go, but looks helplessly amused and charmed by it, right? Yeah. Like, he's not flattered. He's not like, yeah. He's just kind of like, oh my god. He's like, that's adorable. Yeah, you're an absurd human. I like you. And she um, is adorable and absurd. Yeah, and I think one of the queries or requests that we got for this episode was for people to talk, for for us to talk about Felicity's style, and she looks banging, you know? She, like, dresses in great clothes and, like, 
has fantastic hair all the time and like cool jewelry, but she also wears glasses and is smarter than everyone else and can't do a sit-up. So, I mean, lots of things about her like. Oh, oh, she can do two sit-ups, as we learned in a recent episode. She just can't those, do like more than two. Those, I don't think they were real sit-ups, but I don't, okay. Yeah. The thing about her clothes, which I actually really love, so they put like, once they realized that Felicity was going to stay on the show, they actually gave her a fair amount of character background, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when I started watching the show, I was like, okay, her clothes are really nice, but nobody dresses like that at work. Like, her dresses are, like, not quite work-appropriate. Do you know I what I mean? sort of dress like that at work sometimes. Yeah, but you're you. There's, like, cutouts in the back of her dress, which I'm like, you probably shouldn't have a cutout in the back of your dress at work during your 9 to 5, unless you're going to cover keyhole that. keyhole panty. Nobody can see my keyhole panties. If your dress has a hole in the back, like a giant, like, cutout, whatever, but you've covered it with a cardigan, and you're not taking that cardigan off, I'm like, fine. But, like, <laughs> don't show what about giant crotch holes in your leggings? Okay. Nobody can see that either. Uh, what this hypothetical is totally hypothetical. Don't worry about it. Anyways, I was like, I don't know if these clothes are really work appropriate. But later you find out that like, oh, okay, no, wait. Before we find out about her mom, who like was a cocktail waitress or is a cocktail waitress at a casino in Vegas. Um, there are several instances of people assuming, because Felicity gets... Her job changes from being, like, a girl in IT who was working her way up to, like, a manager position to being executive assistant to Oliver Queen's CEO, which she is not okay with. And people <laughs> assume that she slept her way into the position. She's like, one, it's not a position I want. And two, I'm not sleeping with Oliver. But you can kind of, like, you get where they're coming from, right? Because you're like, she wears these clothes that are not quite right. And she spends a lot of time with Oliver, like, is very familiar with him. And if you were just some other person working at Queen Consolidated, you might be like, she definitely slept her way into that job. Yes. So, as much as I love her clothes, sometimes I'm like, oh, Felicity, no. (laughs) Don't do that. People are thinking so many things at you right now. Well, I mean, I think it's care- I think it's important to point out that if you don't know what Felicity dresses like, please don't take any of this commentary to be that she looks bad or that she looks slutty at all. It's she just that her amazing. clothes are like they're very bright, like they're brightly colored. They're kind of like I wouldn't say they're patterny, but they're very color blocky and they're like flirty and fun and sort of like the sort of street fashion that you could get away with um, if you worked somewhere that's a little less buttoned down. than Queen Consolidated looks. But it's just, she is like one splash of color in the arrow layer, basically. Yeah, and arrow is pretty monochromatic most of the time, so it really, it highlights it. You know, if she worked at like a fashion magazine, I'd be like, yeah, perfect, great outfit. But because she works in IT at Queen Consolidated, I'm like, it doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. But it is very CW. It's so CW. It's like a thousand percent CW. Like the shit that you can just be like looking at the show, you're like, that's DC and that's CW. Like it's pretty clear. (laughs) Um, At any rate, but like, I just love that Felicity is like in the first season, she's sort of like, I love the way Oliver looks, but like, I don't love him. Because Oliver's a freak. Because Oliver's a freak. And she's like, hey, dumbass, like get it together. Um, but gradually, the more she knows him and the more she understands, she sort of becomes his friend. 
his real friend, and starts calling him out on shit, like, how many ladies were you with on that island, bro? Like, (laughs) seriously? Like, every time you tell us something about the island, there's a lady involved, and she's definitely your love interest. Like, how bad were your five years of sleeping your way through China? (laughs) Um, And then eventually, when she actually has feelings for him, and you can kind of, like, the development there, I feel, is really solid. And it's, they take their time. They take their time, which I really appreciate. It's not like there's instant sexual tension. It's cute, and it gets more serious. And I think that's what makes it solid. Also, the fact that they didn't immediately jump into, we're actually dating. Like, they go on one date. It's a disaster because arrow shit happens. And then Oliver, being a dumbass, is like, I can't be with you and be the arrow. So, you know, I can't be with you even though I love you. I'm really enjoying that. I am not. Like, I think that whole, like, I can't be with you even though I love you, but you're going to be in danger thing is, like, complete horseshit because it's not like he's saying that she shouldn't work with him anymore or that he doesn't need her help anymore. He's just, like, going to make her deal with all of the bad and none of the good. Like, this is the sort of thing that makes me completely fucking insane. Do you you think that somehow, like, this is the Peter Parker dilemma, right? Like, Oh, is MJ not going to die if we're not dating? Oh, psych! MJ's totally dying anyways! She's always going to die! Just fucking, like, be together while you can! No, no, listen, I completely agree with you. And right now, you are being John Diggle, who's like, listen, bro, um, John Diggle is basically you being like, hey, this is dumb, you love her, you should be with her, she could die anyway, etc., etc. Um, but... The reason I love it isn't that he's doing this dumb shit. It's the way they're handling him doing the dumb shit. And the fact that it's not... Like, I loved watching Lois and Clark when Lois and Clark was a thing. But when Lois and Clark actually got together, that show went right down the toilet. I I mean, like, I don't remember that part because basically I abandoned Lois and Clark in favor of the X-Files. And I think that when I made that jump, it was right around the time that they officially hooked up. So they officially hook up in Lois and Clark. There's, like, a brief period where they're dating, and there's a bunch of, like, classic TV dumb misunderstandings and shit because he still hasn't told her he's Superman, but she figures it out anyway. And then she's obviously mad at him, but, like, doesn't tell him she knows. Like, it's that kind of dumb shit. Followed by, he proposes without telling her he's Superman. Um, She is like, P.S., I know you're Superman, They have a big fight, they get married, and as soon as they're married, Lois is replaced by a clone who looks just like her but only eats frogs. Oh my god! Yes! I forgot about this, but now I remember! Yes! I remember Terry Hatcher eating a frog! And then when they get real Lois back because clone Lois dies, real Lois obviously has amnesia and winds up in like a psych ward facility being cared for by a dude who is brainwashing her into loving him instead. Like, did you watch this show to the end? Uh, yeah, I did, and it was terrible. So, (laughs) do you understand now why I'm happy with the way Arrow is handling this? Yeah, but that's like, this is like a terrible sliding scale thing, right? This would be like if I said, oh, I'm really pleased with, like, the narrative cohesion and the restraint being shown on Arrow. I mean, it's so much better than Supernatural. Like, that's the sort of comparison that becomes useless, You literally just talked about, like, clone-eating frogs, Terry Hatcher. Like, 
They're both DC shows that could easily, like, easily Arrow could go into this crazy shit show spiral. <laughs> so is that, like, the new benchmark of, like, romantic spiral? Like, clone, like frog-eating clone? Like, That's... has this show gone frog-eating clone? Has the clone eaten the frog on this show? That is the new jumping the shark, is, like, have you eaten a frog yet? Has a clone eaten a frog Sorry, yet? has a clone eaten a frog yet? Good. It's done. It is lost. And not even, like, a cooked frog, right? Like, that frog is alive and just like living in Like a live her... fucking frog wriggling down her clone throat. Yeah, she, like, waits till he leaves the house and, like, shoves it in her mouth. And you're like, no, Clone Lois, no! Oh, Christ. It's so gross. Anyways, I'm really glad because the point is, even though they're not together, they're still building the, like, cute romantic tension between them. And they're working out relationship issues even though they're not in a relationship yeah it's funny because I think the one thing that I do enjoy about the current dynamic is that I mean Oliver can talk until he's blue in the face about how he's not going to be with Felicity but like they're together like it doesn't matter whether or not he thinks that they're together they're together like they're a couple it doesn't matter if he thinks so or even if she kisses other dudes Yeah, they're a couple. It's really obvious. And it's very difficult to describe this, but I think it, like, in the, there recently, another show that kind of came out of the success of Arrow was The Flash. Um, And in a recent crossover doubleheader episode, there's, like, a great scene of the two of them in a cafe in The Flash episode, and they're just, they're a couple. They're married. They're, like, like, a thousand percent married. Like, in the first season or something, he asks her to get him a coffee, and she's like, I'm not your secretary, I'm not getting you a coffee. And by the time they make it to this, like, season three Flash crossover, he's talking to the Flash, and she just shows up at his side with her coffee and his coffee, like, the exact drink that he wants, and just, like, hands it to him, and they, like, head off into the sunset together. Yeah, and she, I mean, like, everything about, sort of, like, their hilarious dynamics like they skipped all the sort of like dumb jealousy stuff, which is great. But that scene, again, that scene in the cafe is fantastic because it's Felicity and Oliver basically married, whether or not Oliver wants to acknowledge it. And on top of which the, there's this girl, um, Iris West who owns the coffee shop or works there or something like that, brings Oliver his coffee and more or less like pants all over herself at him. And Felicity's entire reaction is just like, fond amusement she's just like watching this because she like she is also aware of like his face and his chest situation and like sister is not going to begrudge another female she's <laughs> like actually the opportunity to perv on him he's super hot and you should perv on him while you have the chance like it's, he's a public service yeah. everyone should be able to perv on him absolutely he should have taken a modeling job except that he can't because he's covered in like crazy scars some people are into that some quote, people are by which i mean i'm into Everybody is into it when it's on Oliver, but I don't know that a brand would be into it. I would be into it because it would make him look, like, deadly and, like, he could murder people, which I'm also into. That's part of the attraction to Oliver, right? Like, one, he grew up a lot on the island. And I'm not just talking physically, though that happened and it's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, island in the South China Sea. Thanks for helping Oliver be the kind of guy who can, like, easily do that salmon ladder all day, shirtless and, like, oiled up or whatever it is that they do to him before he gets on that thing. Who fucking cares? Wrap him up in boy butter. Good job. Get on the salmon ladder. I'm into it. Thanks, the CW. (laughs) Everybody is into it. Um, But he also became, like, 
I mean, I'm not gonna say he's smart because he's not, but he, like, learned some languages, he's got some life skills finally, he, like, understands what responsibility is. Yes. And you're just like, you know what? Oliver Queen now? Not someone I would marry, but someone I would definitely bang on the regular and not be ashamed <laughs> about. He's, he's a nice, he's, like, a nice person, right? But, like, yeah. so messed up. So, so messed up. So messed up. But that's part of what's great about Felicity. She's like, yeah, you're messed up. Listen, you can't do this crazy thing. Here's how normal people behave. Like, literally when he's saying goodbye to the Flash team, like, everybody on the Flash, and he's just like, you can't tell anyone who I am. My identity could get people killed. (laughs) And she's like, Oliver had a really great time working with all of you and looks forward to seeing you again. And they're like, that doesn't sound like what he said. And she's like, it's what he said. Trust me. It's what he meant. Yeah. Don't worry about it. This came shortly after the, oh, did Oliver actually shoot you with arrows? Hey, it's almost impossible to tell when he's making a joke. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm going to shoot the flash full of arrows, and it will teach him that he needs to, like, survey the area before running in at light speed. Oliver's, Oliver's entire approach toward, like, educating the arrow, or, sorry, educating, um, oh, Barry Allen. Thank you. Oliver's entire approach toward mentoring Barry Allen is how my father teaches me life skills by setting me up to fail spectacularly and then just being like, see? Right? Some of my my swimming lessons when I was a kid is we would go to the beach and it would be like the day that you have the crazy, I don't know what to call this, but it would be like the undertow. The undertow would be crazy, but also first sandbar would be like two meter high waves. (laughs) <laughs> and he would just, like, pick you up and throw you into a wave and be like, swim! It's protracted drowning. Oh, my God. I feel like my dad did that same shit. Yeah. But in, like, the deep end of a swimming pool. Thank God not the ocean, or else I would be fish food right now. Well, this was just one of the Great Lakes, so it's not that bad. Oh, sure. That's they would have found better. my body eventually. Good. You. I'm glad you would enjoy your watery death in a fish toilet. Yeah. Um, but that's how the arrow trains the flesh. Yeah. So, okay. I, I think what's important to discuss now is that we've spent a lot of time talking about sort of like the character, the shows, the setup, like this show is the most popular show on the CW right now, right? Yeah. It has crazy ratings for the CW. It has crazy ratings for the CW. The Flash had even crazier ratings at the beginning. I don't know if it has done as well overall, though it still does very well. Yeah. So basically Arrow and Flash, which came out of Arrow are both doing really well. And I think that it's, it's really weird because it's sort of like they're picking up the thread dropped by Smallville, only like Smallville was repulsive. <laughs> and this is so much more charming. And I, it's so funny because like when you started showing me those episodes in Canada, I was just like, this is the pits. I thought is- you would never watch it again is the thing. I was like, I'm going to make her watch a little of it and she'll never watch it again. But at least I tried. Yeah. I have no explanation. I, I gen, this isn't even like when I fell down the rabbit hole into Supernatural again because I had like a 103 degree fever and I couldn't get off my couch for two days. So I watched like two seasons of Supernatural, like prone and like hallucinating and like terrible sending, like live tweeting my experience being like, there's a haunted kidney in this episode, um, which apparently that actually happened and it wasn't just like a fever dream. Good. I know. But I, I genuinely went into fla- like Flash Arrow. Eyes open. I just, uh, I'm trying to remember, like, what happened that made me want to watch it. Can I say the interesting thing is, 
literally like how long ago were you in Toronto? It was the summer, right? Yeah. Like it was like six months ago, probably. I made you watch, I would say half each of like four episodes before you were like, fuck this. We're watching more Miss Fisher. And I was like, that is correct. (laughs) Um, and then we never talked about it again until the day that you tweeted, like, I have to catch up on Flash in order to watch Arrow. And I was like, you're watching both of these now? And we haven't been talking about it? Um, It's really weird because I feel like I got back from Toronto and I really didn't think about Arrow for a long time. Completely wasn't even considering it for a while. But as we've discussed a lot in the past, I do still watch Supernatural. So sometimes the promos would come on. And it must have been like some specific promo that they were doing. And I was like... I'm kind of curious. So I just stuck it on my DVR for the week and I ended up watching the episodes and you know, like I think the, the, the great quality of the show is that it's like, it's, it's mindlessly charming. Like I don't actually want anything out of that. Like I have shows that I become fanish about. Um, and it's not a show that I feel particularly fanish about. I'm like you know, fanish like, light about it, right? Like I read fic, but I don't super seek it out and I'm not craving fic all the time. I just enjoy the fic. Like if someone sends me a story and is like, this is great or I run into it, then yeah, I'll read it. But like, it's a show that I'm perfectly happy just to watch with no external context. It's a um, fandom. It's just like, it's just kind of like, no, it's like a fun, entertaining show. And like, I really like Felicity. I really like John Diggle. Like there are all sorts of other side characters that we sort of haven't even gotten into. Like I've really enjoyed Laurel this season as she's like gotten boxing training to like start to become the Black Canary. We also didn't even talk about like some of the other great actors on the show. So like the guy who played Dresden in the terrible Dresden Files TV show is Laurel's (laughs) dad. Everyone um, is on this show. Everyone is um, on the show. River, River Song. Song is on this show. Uh, Captain Jack Harkness is also on this show. Like Chewing up so much scenery. Just being such an asshole. Do you love that we don't know their names? Like, I can't ever remember anyone's name. <laughs> you That's know, fun. Captain Jack, he's on this. Yeah, I mean, like, if you, it's, it's one of those things where if you watch the show, you'll be like, what, you're also on this? Like, what, you're also on this? What, why are you here? I don't know how the CW was like, can we get, like, half the cast of Doctor Who and also a bunch of these other people on? And you're just like, oh, oh you're here this week, okay. I'm into yeah, it. Yeah, how did that happen? They must be paying really well. Yeah, apparently. So, I mean, it's it's kind of just, it's just a fun show, and it's one that requires no other emotional commitment for me. So it's, there are shows where I basically have to bank episodes and then watch them in a, like in a row because I know that I'm going to get very agitated about it. So I will not watch Supernatural as they run. I will usually like watch three or four at a time. Um, That's how I have to watch Legend of Korra. I only have two episodes left and I already know a little bit of the ending and I'm still really excited, but like I have to watch it in a big sitting because otherwise I don't have like the emotional strength to watch it. Cause I'm going to cry. Yeah. I have to psych myself up for it. And I know that once I'm done, I'm going to like go on the internet and look for like 1 million pieces of fanfic and like all sorts of other stuff. And that's the way that I feel about a lot of television, um, that I do follow on the regular basis. But Arrow like is I one of those like... shows where I just like, if it's on my DVR, I'll watch it. Like I'll watch Arrow. I'll watch Brooklyn nine, nine. Yeah. I'll watch top chef. And then like, there's done. I have nothing else to do. It's with also, these shows. it's the kind of thing where, like, I can be cooking and just, like, have Arrow on in the background because I only need to pay attention to, like, half the episode because the other half is going to be flashbacks, which I don't care about. Yeah. And that's fine. 
it's like not offensive to me. Like I don't like the island stuff or the other flashbacks, but I'm like, meh, who cares? Um, this season's flashbacks have offended me. <laughs> yes. Um uh, so amazing. Amazing. So basically, like, the whole deal is that initially you are under the impression that Oliver spent, like, five years rotting and growing out his hair they on this shitty island. They tell spent five years. Like, literally the opening of every episode is, I spent five years on a hellish island. Except that's a lie. He did not spend five years on a hellish island. He spent, like, two years on a hellish island. Season three, he's like, so I didn't spend the whole five years on the island. And they're like, what? And he's like, I went to Hong Kong. And you're like, you were in Hong Kong? <laughs> Yeah, so he's in Hong Kong, and yet, I mean, even if this was five, like, that's, like, I, I basically watched the first episodes where he was in Hong Kong, and A, they gave him a new wig. It's just as bad as the old wig. I can't tell the B, difference, but they're they have, terrible. none of these people have ever seen Hong Kong. Like, if you just look at the Hong Kong stuff, it's just like, this is not Hong Kong. This is not even like you can sort of fake for New York with Toronto. Like, Hong Kong does not look like that. It just, like, they sort of like a village setting for parts of it. And I'm like, you are killing me. This is the interesting thing where, like, I've never seen Hong Kong, but I look at that and I'm like, what part of Vancouver is this? Like, my first question. It's it's just, like, it was sort of mind-blowing, right? Because, like, Hong Kong is just... It's the city is famous for its density of buildings and people and like abject lack of space and like skyscrapers that are insane and like tiny prison cell like homes and all sorts of things. And it's just, and it's not just that. that you have to be Asian to know that, right? Like everyone fucking knows that. Have you ever seen a picture of Hong Kong? I feel like they thought that like because they have this doesn't excuse it, but I feel like this is their rationale. Because they're filming in Vancouver, which, like, while dense, is not the most dense, um, and they also have to use Vancouver for Flash, and they have to look like two different cities, it kind of limits some of your options, and they were like, okay, so we'll just make Hong Kong look really different from Vancouver, and instead you're like, that's not Hong Kong. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I get why they're doing it to try and really differentiate the locations, but, but I, I feel like, like they should have just, like, said that it wasn't Hong Kong. Yeah. They should have said that it was, like, some obscure port in southern China or yeah. something. and I would have been fine with that. Absolutely. Same here. But, you know, they're not perfect. At least they've started doing a Felicity Oliver romance. And a little bit of a Felicity Berry romance occasionally, even though they'll never get together. Sometimes I'm like, but you two would be so cute together. I don't know. Barry seems so young to me. Barry, okay, so let's explain The Flash a little bit so people, because they might also not know anything about The Flash. Um, so what happens is there's Starling City and then there's, is it just like Star City? Uh, Central City. Central. Yeah, I'm Googling so, this. Keep going. Central City. Uh, Barry Allen... Uh, when he was a kid, he saw his mother die in front of him, but she was, like, basically wrapped up in a yellow and red cyclone that was clearly some crazy person with superpowers, and everybody is like, your dad definitely killed your mom, you're just, like, making shit up because you're traumatized, and so his dad goes to prison for life for murder, and Barry is raised by his dad's cop friend, who's, like, this awesome dad. Anyways, fast forward to when Barry is, like, a beautiful twink. <laughs> and um, Central City has decided to, like, start up this crazy particle accelerator and do some experiments, and everybody in the city is really excited to see what happens with the particle accelerator. 
which starts up during a crazy lightning storm, and it explodes and, like, goes up into the sky, and the, like, crazy particle accelerator lightning hits Barry, who's standing in water while holding onto some metal shit. Because <laughs> he's, he's the best scientist. He's the best scientist. Goes into a coma for, like, six months or something. Um, and when he wakes up, he can move at the speed of light. Uh, so he starts working with some scientists at the facility that made the particle accelerator and becomes the Flash, the fastest man alive, so that he can fight crime. Except that he has no idea what he's doing. He's always late for shit, even though he has super speed. Um, and he's still a criminologist for the police department. And he's hella cute. Like, he's so cute. But he's also a dumbass. Yes. Um, he's in love with his... I mean, you can call her his stepsister. Like, they were raised together. It's his dad's friend's daughter, Iris. And Iris clearly will never be romantically interested in him. Like, that's the part of the show I hate, is the, like... Like, Iris is maybe both too good and not good enough for Barry. Like, in weird... Like, they're not good enough and too good for each other. Do you know what I mean? Uh, not really. I've only seen one episode of The Flash. Of course you have. Okay, so... Iris is dating another cop at the precinct. She's, like, a journalism student, and she starts dating her dad's partner, who's, like, a hot young thing. Um, And they're really great together, and Barry is, like, crazy jealous all the time, and he, as the Flash, will, like, talk to her about stuff that he can't talk to her about as Barry Allen. And everybody is like, Barry, you're never going to get with Iris. Like, even Oliver is like, Barry, that's never going to happen. I've been here for two minutes, and I can tell you that's never going to happen. And he's like, Iris just doesn't see me. She doesn't understand. And, oh, it's it's awful. Um, but suffice to say, Barry and Felicity had, like, some cute shit together on Arrow before he became the Flash. And then some cute stuff after he became the Flash, but mutually decided that because they are both in love with other people, they can't be together. And also, they don't really feel that way about each other. It's just, like, convenient. Yes. Anyways, that's The Flash. Okay, good. I think that's enough. That's all they need to know about it. Agreed, agreed. The thing is, like, I don't have that many... Like, I'm not that concerned about the plot in Arrow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, me neither. That's actually maybe something interesting to discuss. Like, I'm just like, I'm just like, nah! I have no deep analytical critical thoughts about Arrow. I'm just like, this is a show. It's a show that I enjoy watching, and I like reading fic for, but I'm not, like, thirsty for it. Yeah, I mean, like, and there are parts of it that really surprise you and, like, sort of move you. Yeah. Like, the, um, one of the questions that we got was about Moira Queen, Oliver's mother, being the queen of the universe, and she is. She's amazing, um, and she's awful, and she's... She's so interesting. She's very interesting. She's not a good mother, except for sh- where she is apparently an incredible mother. Um, and she's also sort of like a bad person, except for where she's not a bad person. It, she's like such a tremendous character on that show. Like so complicated, so like difficult. Um, and the moment, like her dying moments were amazing. So amazing. Like, oh, I was so sad when she died because I was like, no. You can act, and your character is so interesting. Why was, are they doing this? It's brutal, right? So basically the setup is that it's right on the eve of Starling City's, like, greatest moment of danger, where they're being overrun by, like, bad guys or whatever. And a bad guy who is essentially, like, 
the crazy dude who used to be Oliver's friend on the Hell Island in South China Sea, um, more or less like murders her in front of Oliver and Thea. And at the critical moment, Moira Queen's final words are to tell her children, like, close your eyes, baby. Like, just close your eyes. And you're just like, ah! Yeah. Yeah. She's the best and the worst at everything. Like, there's no middle ground with Moira Queen. She's stone fucking cold. And you're just like, you're like, oh my god, she's such a great mother. And then you get a flashback in this season... And you're like, she's the worst mother. She's the worst. Because she finds out that, like, her son has cheated on Laurel again. This time, it's extra problematic because he's knocked some girl up from the neighboring city. And she's like, don't worry, baby. Mommy will take care of all of this. So she pays her off to disappear. And you're like, wow. I mean, like, A plus for getting shit done. Um, She's like, minus for. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. F minus for parenting, like yeah, no, she's she's real interesting. Yes, that is a good word for it. Oh, I also forgot to say Jackson from Teen Wolf. This is where he went. He's on Arrow as Arrow's like actual sidekick who shoots arrows. Yes, that's that's all you need to know about him. He's still no, basically the, other, the same character. No, no, no. The other thing that everyone needs to know about Jackson is that he is so hilariously, instinctively subby. Like, all he really wants is for people to boss him around. Like, he's dating Oliver's sister. She's so mean to him and great. And just, like, all he wants, like, really, I feel like Roy would be most comfortable, like, in some sort of, like, harness situation. Like, perched meekly at her feet. This (laughs) is the thing. He basically played the same character in Teen Wolf, though. Like, I definitely feel that Jackson on Teen Wolf would be happily, like, in a sling at Lydia's bidding. Like, <laughs> no questions asked. It's the same dude. Nice. Just never change, dude who plays Roy slash Jackson. Like, you're perfect like this. Just keep being, like, the angriest sub of all time. Oh, my God. Hilariously. Unrelated, but also totally related. On one of, like, the hilarious, like, smut blogs that I follow. Yeah. Um, Someone, like... There was some picture set where they were, like, the difference between a bottom, and they just had, like, a picture of a cute twink, and then, like, and a power bottom, and it was, like, a screen grab of Roy. (laughs) Oh, my God. And it was, like, they know. They know. It's fact. It is. He's just, wow, what a power bottom. I know. He's, He's really got that shit locked down. He's got professional pride. Yeah. He's got a job to do. <laughs> Bottoming yeah, for a variety of ladies. <laughs> You're so good at that. <sighs> okay, so somebody wanted to know about Moira Queen's death and whether it was ugly sobbing or forever ugly sobbing. And I was sad, but I wasn't... Like, I don't feel emotionally invested in almost anything in this show as much as yeah. I love it. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, that was terrible. What's next? I cried. I ugly sobbed, but I wasn't like, it didn't break me. It didn't like make me want to lie on the floor and die as like the earth, the earth shatters around me. It very much like ripped me up. I was so sad, but it just made me angry. And it made me like want to use that anger to like kill bad guys, which was kind of like the coolest reaction to a death. You're Laurel Lance. I, I feel her. Like there's a reason I really like her this season. (laughs) 
That's fair. I guess I'm too much of a robot, right? I'm like, yep, someone died. That happened. <laughs> I'm like, uh, my sister died again? I think I'm going to learn how to beat people up and then pick fights with people in back alleys and get my ass beat. I'm going to learn from, like, a former vigilante. Because a current vigilante won't train me. It's true. Um, the other one we got was somebody who wanted to know our first impressions of the characters and who surprised us the most as the series progressed. What about, how about you start? Um, okay, first impressions. Let's just go through a bunch of the major characters. Okay. Uh, so Oliver, I was like, wow, you're a hot mess. (laughs) Like that's, he's pretty much the definition of hot mess. Yeah. Um, Uh hmm? Uh, okay, hold on. Let me think. I think my first impression of Oliver was that, like, there's something really wrong with you. Like, there is, right? Like, there's something really wrong with him. There's, like, 80 things wrong with him. I know. But, like, that was my first impression of Oliver. I was like, wow, there's something really wrong with you? And then, at some point, very early on, it went from just, like, there's something really wrong with you to, like, oh, there's something really wrong with you and you're weirdly specifically stupid. Yeah, I guess so. As it went on, I was kind of like, I don't care if there's shit wrong with you. I just, you know, you just keep doing that salmon ladder. Yeah, I mean, like, he's great, and he's, like, very smart at lots of things, and he has great, like, awareness and, like, battle planning and all this other stuff, but he's also, like, really stupid in some very specific, hilarious ways. Yes. Like, way to bring your arrow suit to the restaurant for your date, and then just, like, hand it off to the, to, like, the maitre d or whatever like in a duffel bag i'm sure that's totally safe and secure agree um so agree so agree john diggle at first i didn't realize that he would be a major character because he was just the bodyguard Mm -hmm. um so i didn't really have any impressions for him other than like poor you um but as he goes on like i just i love john diggle i just love him so much I love him for being, I like, an actual I think that hero. my first impression of John Diggle was one of, I really liked him right off the bat because he seemed so, like, unimpressed with Oliver. Mm. And not just unimpressed in the sense of, like, oh, you're rich, I'm not impressed by that. But, like, unimpressed with, like, his pain and unimpressed with his coping mechanisms. Just, like, none of that was working for him. Yeah. Um, Moira, I was just so excited that the lady from Queens was on Arrow. Kings. Sorry, from Kings. It should have been called Queens. That's how good she was. Because <laughs> um, she was, like, just as crazy Kate. You know what? She almost played the same character on Kings. It's pretty, okay. like, it's pretty much the same. Um, so I love her in exactly the same ways. And Wait, was she, was she like, crying gay sub Stan's mom? Yeah. Oh, my God. They could be brothers. They could be brothers. I would watch the shit out of that. I would read the shit out of that. Okay. And we know that, you know, there are some illegitimate, like, half-queens out there, so. Oh, my God. There are, like, a million half-queens out there. Right? So Um, it's totally possible. (laughs) Uh, I think that I did not, like, in the first episode, I didn't have a strong opinion of Moira because she seemed like such a paper cutout of, like, a strong woman who was, like, running the company. And it wasn't until later where the cracks started to show that I really started to be like, wow, you are just as fucked up as your kid. This runs in the family, I see. Yeah, well, what's interesting is Oliver is frequently just playing, like, a cutout of a person in his real life. Like, he doesn't know how to be a real person. And then you look at his mom, and you're like, she's doing the goddamn same thing. Like, I see exactly where you got it from. 
Yeah, she's much more polished at it, I guess. She's had more practice. He was on that stupid island. And in faux Hong Kong. Oh, God. The wig sucked out his intelligence. Basically. If he had had training from Moira, he would have been way better at pretending to be a human. That's true. That's true. Um, Thea, I didn't really have any... I thought that she was just going to be, like, the little sister character at first, but she's actually a lot more than that. Yeah. And a lot has happened to her just in, like, the last ten episodes. She has had, like, a really rough run. Like, a lot of really bad stuff has happened in her life. Um, I, my first impression of Thea was I really liked her because I loved, like, the way that she played sort of the little sister who had lost so much and suddenly got her brother back. Mm. Um, But at the same time, the way that she loved having him back but immediately chafed at having, like, another person sort of, like, paying attention to her. Um, I thought that that was great. But then, like, they made her grow up, like, really crazy fast in fits and spurts, right? Between her, like, from something that was very, like, childish drug addiction and then, like, shoplifting. Yeah, whatever. To, like, owning a nightclub to, like, training to be an assassin. Like, they're just, like, she took a lot of sharp turns. She was like, I can't drink yet, but I can definitely successfully run this nightclub because Oliver's a failure. And you're like, really? Because two weeks ago... You almost got imprisoned for life for, like, DUI. Yeah. I mean, I think very much the show, they want to keep her involved because they clearly have a longer-term arc for her, but that I think that they haven't really been very confident in how they're stepping with her. Um, And I think that this recent arc where she really, so basically what happens is she realizes that, like, her mom, like, dallied around, just just like her dad did, um, or I guess Oliver's dad. <laughs> so her mom died around and Thea is only Oliver's half sister because her real father is Malcolm Merlin, who is also the mastermind behind the undertaking, AKA earthquake machine. And who is also like on the run from the league of assassins. There's like a lot happening in that dude's life too. Yes. Um, and she ends up, once she finds out about this, she ends up, you know, accepting training from him to become also, like, a badass, like, fighter person. And I think that there's some great progression there, but it's also, it's almost like, it's almost like they had nothing really for her to be doing in the first two seasons. Yeah. And now, finally, her story gets to start, but I feel like they could have done the first two seasons very differently then, if that was the case. Absolutely, but I don't think they knew how popular the show was going to be, how it was going to go, or how fans will react, and they're doing a great job at reacting to the fans. Yeah. Um, which reminds me, by the way, Summer Glau, a.k.a. River Tam, is also in this show. And when she started, I thought she was Black Canary. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. Because she has this great background in fighting, and she would make sense as Black Canary. But, you know, she was... I'm really glad that they didn't use her as Black Canary, based on the way things played out. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um... Felicity, I loved, like, the instant she was on screen. Like, no questions Same. asked. I was just like, you were the greatest. She just made me laugh. Yeah, immediately. Like, I think she just has that effect on people, right? It's the fact that, like, Stephen Amell basically broke character, but they made it in character. Though, Like, that take where she's, like, uh, calling him out, basically, on the fact that this thing is full of bullet holes, and he just kind of, like, helplessly, like, laugh smiles. Yeah. That wasn't supposed to happen. That's just what happened. And they were like, it's staying in. 
It's because it's so charming, and that sets the tone for how they interact with each other for the first two seasons of the show, which is great. Yeah, but, like, that's how everyone basically reacted in that moment. We're all, like, kind of taken aback and charmed and surprised in one instant. Agree. Agree. Yeah. Um, Laurel, you know, I didn't like her. I'm liking her more now, but it's taking me a lot to warm up to her. I really liked her in the beginning, because, like I said, I think that, like, the way that they... The sort of, like, how conflicted and angry and hurt she was made so much sense. And the first confrontation she has with Oliver, where she's basically like, how do you mourn people who, like, died while doing something like this to you? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that they had so much to work with. Um, and then it wasn't until, like, I don't know, like, a couple episodes into the first season. And they started, like, starting up the Oliver, like, Laurel stuff again. And then all through, like, second season where they made her a drunk, which is just, like, really odd to me. Like, if she didn't become a drunk with her sister was dead and her boyfriend was dead, like, I don't know. Like, it, it came out of nowhere. It made no sense. All this other action. Um, I really liked her to start with. Did not like her for a long time in the middle. And now I'm starting to like her again. Yeah, okay, fair. I think that's, I mean, that's most of the major characters without, I mean, we've spoiled a lot, but I think we should yes. not spoil more. Uh, so we're not going to, like, discuss the winter finale? Uh, I feel like we should discuss a little bit of the winter finale. Okay, Come so, on. yeah, here's the thing, right? So I was like, I need to catch up on, <laughs> I need to catch up on all of Arrow, and I hadn't been watching it because, again, a lot of shit has been happening in my life in, like, the last six months. Um, so I had, like, basically this whole first half of the season to watch in one go, which I did, like, yesterday and today. Um, and I had one episode left, and I was like, oh, I probably don't need to watch that to record the podcast. And then I had some time, and I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll do this, like, whatever, it'll just be a dumb regular episode. Because they hadn't been, like, taking care of the plot much, like, some major shit happened in the first few episodes. And then they were like, don't worry about it for a while. And <laughs> it's a really good thing I decided to watch that last mid-season yes. finale episode. Because it's like, oh, did you forget about the plot? Because all of that is happening right the fuck now. Culminating. Yes. Culminating <laughs> in a one-on-one -on -one in the snow on a mountain shirtless fight between <laughs> Ra's al Ghul and Oliver Queen. And Oliver's so like... Good. I can definitely win. And, like, before he leaves, he's like, Felicity, I love you. And she's like, you need to fucking survive this fight. Like, kill him. I know you don't kill people anymore, but, like, kill him. Because that's the only way you're making it alive. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And, like, literally two minutes into the fight, he's been stabbed multiple <laughs> times right through the torso. And is thrown into the ocean and left for dead. But, see, the beautiful part about, there are two things about this fight that make it amazing number one that they get up to the top of this like snow covered mountain or whatever and rasa ghoul says remove your shirt it is custom and like the only thing i could think was since 2002 on the cw like it is custom it is no custom. one's had to fight with a shirt on um and then and then it's not like mk is not doing justice to his like cliffing because it's not just that he gets stabbed through the torso and like thrown in the ocean 
he gets stabbed through the torso. And as he's like bleeding out into the snow on his knees, Basakul tips his face up, says some lovely words about prayers, and then just like ever so gently, just like nudges him off the side of the cliff. Just like, boop, there you go. And that's like the end of the mid-season. I know, like presumably into a Lazarus pit or something, because like I, they're not like the show is not being renamed to like Arsenal or whatever. Like it, he's coming back. It's just kind of a question of like how. Here's the uh, like. Okay, I was like I was watching it and I wasn't even upset that Oliver was supposedly dead because one, you know, he's coming back. But right. like all I could think in that moment was two things. One. I guess you got him shirtless so that we could look at him, but then also so that we could, like, see better how you have killed him. <laughs> yeah, very important for like, the death killing. These are the two reasons that you have made him shirtless for this fight. <laughs> for, like, eye candy and for, like, look how serious this injury is. And then two, Ra's al Ghul, head of the League of Assassins. There's no way that he's going to stab a dude in the chest, not through the heart, by the way, just, like, through some organs. <laughs> and then throw the, like, just tip him off of a cliff. That, you don't know that he's dead. Ra's al Ghul, you are a better assassin than this. I'm disappointed in you. I am disappointed in him. I'm like, you have learned a lot about assassinating, and this is not <laughs> showing it. Like, you just failed your midterm, Raz. But I think what's really interesting, right, about the whole, like, so Arrow as an internal mythology is so much more complicated than you would anticipate with a show like this, right? It's so much more complicated. And they have so many more, like, villains and semi-villains and, like, uh, so, for example, like, the League of Assassins are not actually the villains in the series. The League of Assassins are, like, occasionally at odds with the Arrow team, but, like, overall, like, we're happy with them. They're good. They're like, they're okay. They serve that's a purpose. Where, they serve a purpose, they're right? Like and that's where, like, Sarah's right? girlfriend hangs around when she's not, like, N- Nissa, when she's not, like, coming around threatening to murder Oliver. So, like, um, I mean, they're great. It, and then Ross and Ghoul, you kind of, like, you're like, he murdered Oliver. It's like, well, he did, t- he did warn him. Like, he was like, if you don't turn in the person who killed this person, like, I'm gonna kill you. And I'm like, well, he followed through. Like, he did give you a warning. Yeah. Like, completely reasonable. He seems like a nice guy. He said a nice prayer for you and shit. That's true. I mean, he was very gentlemanly about the whole yeah. thing. So gentle with his murdering. Yeah, the, the, the prayer part was really, like, surprisingly tender, considering, like, Oliver can't oh speak because he's been stabbed so hard. And we're not just saying, like, he was stabbed in the gut. Like, the thing goes right through his body and out the other side multiple times. (laughs) Like, it's pretty graphic. And, you know, on Arrow, I'm used to just seeing, like, an arrow sticking out of somebody's chest. Like, you're not used to, like, this level of, like, oh, shit. But seriously, (sighs) you can do better with the assassinating. But I appreciate for doing it shirtless. (laughs) I do. Yes, thank you. Thank you, League of Assassins. Thank you. Do you feel like Nissa was like, Dad, I want you to kill him because he won't turn over whoever killed Sarah. But can you, like, give me a show? <laughs> I feel like Nissa is not into that show. Yeah, you know what? She's just into ladies. I think that Nissa is, like, strictly into ladies. And moreover, I think Nissa is still, like, grieving. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, that show is really just for us. Uh, that show was, like, literally, there was no reason for them to be shirtless other than, like, yeah, CW, yeah! The great thing about shirtlessness in Arrow, though, is, like, it's not just that Arrow is shirtless all the time. It's, like, Felicity comes down to the, like, Arrow cave or whatever to do some work, and Sarah is in, like, just a sports bra and some, like, sweet-looking pants doing a workout, and you just see Felicity, like... God damn it! Like I can never get any work done here. Too many attractive shirtless people. There's and then, so many like, hot people in this room, right? Like Diggle is just like stripping down in the background, and you're just like, God damn! God, everybody is always shirtless, and I'm into it. I, you know what? Uh, so are a lot of other people, given the ratings of the show. Yeah. Okay, I mean, like, I think I've exhausted like every thought I've ever had about Arrow, other than the fact that. I think that if you're on the fence about the show, I think it's really fun. Um, I think it's completely mindless. Like, you don't have... This is not going to, like, supernatural you. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very, like, yeah, it's just fun. It's not going to um, ruin you in any way. And also, I think it's very telling that both Prue and I like this show, and we both admit that it's, like, both terrible and great. Yeah, it's very rare that we cross over on stuff. Right. I feel like the last shows that we did this on were literally, no joke, Merlin. Yep. And Stargate Atlantis. Yes. Like, that's how long it's been. Yeah. I think there's the possibility that we have known each other for ten years. That's bananas. Um, Uh, This shit is bananas. This shit is bananas, (laughs) B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Which I think means that we should do Rex. We should do Rex. Um, do you want to go first or shall I? Um, I can go first. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to wreck a few things. The first one I'm going to wreck is called A Girl with a Mind Like a Diamond, mm-hmm. um, which is a short little thing that takes place several years before Arrow. Um, Felicity is doing her calculus homework in the bar of the like shitty casino where her mom works. When Oliver and Tommy show up, And they're, like, you don't know why they're in, like, the shittiest casino in Vegas. They're not really sure why they're in the shittiest casino in Vegas. But they want to gamble. And Felicity overhears and, because reasons, winds up helping them count cards so that they can, like, rob a nearby casino, essentially. (laughs) And, like, that's the whole story. Like, almost nothing happens. But it's just great, it's cute, all three of them are there, and it, it fits into the canon in a way that is believable. Which I really liked. Right. The second story is, I took a wrong turn somewhere, somehow I ended up right by Lady Chi. This is like the longest fucking Arrow story you will ever find. I literally have not finished reading it, but I found a place that I think is a natural ending, and that's plenty because I was at like 50k. It still goes. Like, it still has, like, half the story left. But I'm like, it's good. You don't have to read the whole thing, or you can read the whole thing. It's great either way. The premise is, not very long before the Queen's Gambit, the yacht, goes down, Felicity and Oliver wind up having a one-night stand while he and Laurel are broken up for, like, one day. And while they use protection, it turns out that it didn't work, and Felicity gets pregnant, like, while she's attending MIT. And when she finds out she's pregnant, it's like the day that the Queen's Gambit has gone down and everybody is like, Oliver Queen is dead. And she's like, this is definitely Oliver Queen's baby, but there's no point telling anyone because he's dead. I don't want to piss off his family. They don't need to know. 
So she, like, manages to get through university while raising twins by, like, getting scholarships. Like, it's like the Moira Queen scholarship for young mothers. Um, gets the job at Queen Consolidated and is, like, a single mom, like, living her life and just being Felicity, but, like, a little more responsible. At which point Oliver comes back from the dead. And when he comes to Queen Consolidated, he's like, holy shit, I know you. And then he's like, holy shit, you have kids, how old are they? And, like, does the math and is like, are those mine? And she's like, yes. And they have to figure their shit out. And it's basically the first season of Arrow, but where Felicity has twins and Oliver has to be a better person. Okay. I love it. It's great. Anything else? Uh, no, I'll leave the rest to you. The first story I'm going to wreck is Ain't It Fun by Magnetic Wave. Um, I wrecked this on my pin board a long time ago. Uh, it is a story that is hilariously charming and was written prior to us knowing a little bit more background about Felicity's life. So there are pieces of it that are non-canon compliant, but like, I feel like they're true. They read true to me. <laughs> um, it's basically the whole story starts off with the sentiment that like very shortly after Felicity starts freelance vigilante is the with um, Oliver and Diggle, she has to tell her roommate that she started banging an investment banker, which is what explains yes. her, like, weird hours. <laughs> I love that story. It's a great story. And the best part about this story is that I sent this link to you, MK, and, like, about halfway through the story, do you remember how you, like, turned to me and was like, did you, are you secretly Felicity's roommate in this story? Because you are. You are secretly Felicity's roommate. Like, a thousand percent. <laughs> if I were Felicity and I, like, in this situation told you that I was just casually banging an investment banker, this would be exactly how you would react. It's true. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, but it's an honor and a privilege to be that person. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and my second recommendation is Hideaways. It's a story called Hideaways by Jaeger Mighty. Um, this is a story that is basically like, it's really sort of difficult to explain, but I call it a relentless charm offenses of dumb and or dumb and funny things that happen to you if you're named Felicity Smoke or Oliver Queen. <laughs> um, this is a story about like all the weird-ish ways that they interact and like it features heavily like what a freak Oliver is. So the story opens with Oliver ripping like an ace bandage out of the lining of his jacket yes. because like that's just like a normal person thing to have like an ace bandage. It's not so just it's his a- jacket; it's like his designer like three thousand dollar jacket. Yeah, and then she, and then Felicity asks him like, "Is that why your coat is always so heavy?" He's like, "Yes," because probably there's like four knives and some C four in there as well Absolutely. because Oliver is insane. Because Oliver is completely insane. But um, I love both of those stories. They're so much fun. And I think they really capture the tone of Felicity Smoke and why she's a delight. Yes. Agreed. Um, and I think I think that wraps us up, then, okay? Yeah, I think that does. I mean, just listen. Arrow's great. We both love it. You will probably also love it. And I don't even think you'll hate us for making you watch this. Yeah, because this is not at all life ruining. This is not an imposition on you. It's just it's like, something that you it's can just enjoy sh- on the weekends. Yeah, it's just like a show that's going to happen. You can just like watch it like Saturday morning as you're slowly waking up after like going out and getting fucked up Friday night. Like, <laughs> it's a good show. This is your like no strings fandom, right? Yes. You can just like mess around with it and there's no consequences. You're just having a good time. You read some fic. It's great. You watch the show. No problems. You have a good time. 
you might get like slightly emotionally invested, but like it's not gonna break your heart. It's, it'll pass. It'll yeah. pass. You'll get like, over whatever it. feelings you have, it'll pass. Yeah, and trust me, you can skim like real hard in the beginning and it's fine. Yeah, basically like what? Every episode is what, like forty five minutes? Yeah. About say, like, you will actually watch about like thirty minutes of every episode. Or less, because you don't need to watch Oliver Queen do his, like, three-minute intro that's, like, for five years. Whatever. <laughs> Which is a lie, because I was also in Village Hong Kong. I was also in Village Hong Kong. And later you'll find out I was also somewhere else, probably, when that storyline ends. <laughs> like, don't don't worry about it. You might as well be watching, like, 15 minutes each episode, and you'll still be fine. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. All right, I think that we both give, like, two, like, yeah, shirtless salmon ladder thumbs yeah. up to Arrow. Enjoy some eye candy. I think that this was a good way to ease us back into the season, too, MK. Yeah, I think this is a solid opener. I think so, too. All right. Um, so, guys, thank you for hanging out with us and listening to us talk about Arrow. If you miss us during the week, you can find us on Twitter at Slash Report or on Tumblr at Slash Report, even though we don't really post anything there. You can find me on Twitter at Often Imprudent. You can find MK on Twitter at Moonklutz. Uh, if you have more thoughts, more questions, more feelings about Arrow or anything else, we are, as ever, available to you via the Tumblr ask box talking to us on Twitter or shooting us an email slash report at gmail.com. And with that said, we will see you guys on the flip side. Bye. 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 Look, I am very realistic about stuff and things.